following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. So this is a topic we actually discussed it last year before Pesach about matzah, gluten-free matzah. Um, people who have celiac disease who cannot eat, uh, cannot have gluten, and um, the question is what type of matzah they eat. So, that, so we discussed that last year before Passover. Today, um, I'd like to address gluten-free questions from the rest of the year, which is relevant to Shabbat. As we're going to see, there are many questions, because um, on Shabbat, there is an obligation to have Lecha Mishnah, which is bread at your meal on Shabbat. The question is, um, people, there are many, many reasons today pe people are gluten-free. Either there are celiacs who really have a medical issue and other medical conditions that don't allow you to have gluten. And there are people who think it's healthier, which again, I'm not getting into the science. I don't know the science. They say it's really, what I've read, it's not necessarily healthier, a healthier diet. And there are those who are just uh, trying to lose weight and the question becomes, how does that apply to a number of issues related to your regular Shabbat, um, where, as we'll see, there are few, there are many halachic issues that require bread. As we know, Judaism is very into our food, and food is very important in our religion. And um, the question is, how do you, is there, what's permitted and what's not permitted? Um, getting around these, uh, when you're on sp uh, these strict diets that don't allow you to have gluten. Okay, so the, the, the reason why I'm talking about this today, besides that um, it's the only topic that I, I, that I found, was it happens to be this week's parsha. Parsha Kisisa deals extensively with uh, the laws of Shabbat. How are you? Good morning. Alan, if you're going to breathe, breathe that way, please. <laughs> Snore Thank that you way. Very I don't think that's communicable. It's not communicable by the breath, it's communicable. Uh, this came back. I they moved. Were that my paycheck? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? It is, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I forgot it. Okay, I'm going to a it's, it's dinner. Uh, yeah, it's on my desk. Yeah, go okay. find it. Week. Thanks, Larry. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, so the, the parsha deals extensively with the laws of Shabbat. Um, it's one of the first parshiot I mentioned, beside after the Ten Commandments, and it talks about um, some famous verses actually from Kiddush that we say in the Kiddush uh, liturgy. Um, Read it to you. It says the Shamur, the famous line from Kiddush is Shamur Bnei Yisrael Tashabbat Laasot Tashabbat LeDorotam Britolam. The can't see anymore. You shall observe the Shabbat for it is holy to you. Its desecration shall be um, for six days. Work may be done, and on the seventh day is a day of complete rest. It is sacred to Hashem. Whoever does work on the Shabbat day shall be put to death. You don't say that part in the Kiddush. People <laughs> um, but it says, <laughs> Okay, so um, this is, these are the, some of the verses that we say in Kiddush, Shabbat morning Kiddush. Now there's a law in Shabbat morning Kiddush, a little known law, which is the first law that's relevant to our topic today is what's called Kiddush B'makom Suda. That the, the only way you fulfill, by the way, the, the, it's just good to know this, the 
Friday night Kiddush is a biblical obligation. Um, based on these verses here, the Torah says you shall sanctify the day. So, um, you shall make the day holy. How do we make the day holy? One of the ways of doing that is by by uh, making Kiddush. You know, where you're making a blessing, sanctifying the day. Okay, so that's the biblical law for Friday night. Um, the wine part is not necessarily biblical. Sanctifying the day is just by making the blessing, by saying Kiddush in itself, in itself would be sanctifying the day. Some say you fulfill the mitzvah, biblical commandment, just by, even if you come to shul, you're, you're davening Shmon Esrei, where you mention Shabbat, that's enough to sanctify the day. Others say, there are those opinions who say, just by saying Shabbat Shalom, you fulfilled your biblical obligation. Okay, you just say Shabbat Shalom, that's because you sanctify the day by saying Shabbat, by, by basically um, acknowledging Shabbat. Okay, that in itself is a fulfillment of so this. So if you say no, I'm not going to shul on Shabbat. Does that count? <laughs> no, I mean, it means you're 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 <laughs> making a statement acknowledging the holiness of the day. Okay, that's what it means. So so that, according to many, fulfills your obligation. So the wine, all agrees, are only rabbinical. The, interestingly enough, the kiddush on the next day on Shabbat morning is only rabbinical. It's not biblical. Um, but, as we know, the rabbis always cause more problems. So when the rabbis made the law of Kiddush, the obligation to say Kiddush prior to eating, you're not supposed to eat before Kiddush. Um, it doesn't mean Kiddush and Shul. It means Kiddush making the blessing of a cup of wine. Which even if you're not going to Shul, you're supposed to do that. Or at home, wherever you are. So that obligation on Friday night and Shabbat morning come, there's a halacha called Kiddush b'makom suda. That means the only time you fulfill your obligation of Kiddush is when you're doing it over a meal, prior, immediately prior to your meal. It means if I just make Kiddush and I then go, go to sleep, I haven't fulfilled my Kiddush. The Kiddush has to be as an introduction to a meal. So immediately after eat, making Kiddush, you have to eat. Now, as Jews... This is rabbinical. This is rabbinical, yes. Okay, now as Jews, a meal means bread. Okay, that means anything less than bread, you haven't, you haven't eaten a meal. You can have a filet mignon, and you can have steak, you know, if you haven't had bread, it's not a meal. Okay, so Kiddush Pemakom Suda means in order to fulfill again the, the mitzvah of Kiddush, you have to have it in a place of, of your, in, in, not in place of, place of, but in the place where you will be having your meal. So much so that uh, you can't even go to the night, meaning, so I make Kiddush in this room, in my living room, and I'm eating in the dining room, I can't see from one place to the other, that's called a different place. You have to have the, literally the meal in the place where you're making Kiddush. Um, so now the way it works in shuls, how do they make Kiddush in the morning, and they serve stuff, and most times they're not serving bread, unless there's a lunch, right, a Kiddush luncheon, so you have cake, meaning bread doesn't, it's not limited to bread, any grains, any one of the five grains, sufficient, so as long as you're having some cake, um, with your kiddush, that suffices. Yeah, if you go most. home and have the rest of your meal, you gotta make kiddush again. No, not necessarily. Once you've had grains, not unless you're really working. No, once you you have to have a meal. That's a separate. There's, there's another halacha. We'll talk about. You're supposed to have three meals on Shabbat. Meal. Meal. What? Chocolate chip? chip cookies considered a meal. If there's grains, if if they're not gluten free, yes, that's what we're saying. So as long as there's there are grains in what you're eating, then that's called. Cool. good. Then that's what you have, and of course you have to have the requisite kazait. Can't just have one cookie. What kind of wine goes well with chocolate chip cookies? Oh, I can tell you what kind of scotch goes well with tortilla chips. Then. <laughs> 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 
Okay, so so the so that's halacha number one is that we're going to address is this question of kiddush makamsuda. What happens if you're gluten free um, and you can't eat grains? Are you can you fulfill with other things? Question number two is um, like like Shelley mentioned, there's an obligation to have three sudot on Shabbat, three meals. That's also by the way learned out from a verse in the Torah. Most say it's still only rabbinical, even though it's derived from a verse. Maimonides actually, Ram, Rambam holds that it's a biblical obligation to have three meals on Shabbat. He holds it's a biblical mitzvah, um, and that's why hence we have this Shalashudas, depends how you pronounce it, Ashkenazi, Sfardi. Sudashlishit is the real correct pronunciation, as Sfardim say it, which means the third meal, because you're supposed to have three meals on Shabbat. Um, so that's again the question is let's say I'm not eating bread either because of medical restrictions or because I want to lose weight so is that a, how does that work uh, what's the biblical verse on which Rambam makes the parent? well it's it's not in this week's parish it's in Parashat Peshach it's learned out of the mana the mana it says the word there um, I think it says the word yom three times mm-hmm. and it's understood that there was three the manna had enough for three portions. It came on Friday, it was enough for three portions. It was three meals that you're supposed to have on Shabbat. It's understood from there. Okay, so, so either case, that's my Maimonides, only my Maimonides' opinion that it's biblical. Everyone else seems to agree it's rabbinical. Um, so again, the question would become, how does that work um, for someone who is on a gluten-free diet? Um, and then there's in general the question of, there's a concept, also based on this week's parasha called Oneg Shabbat. That besides, we are, we're used to always talking about the restrictions of Shabbat. And you can't do this, you can't do that, all the 39 forbidden categories of work. But there's a concept, also the positive aspects of Shabbat, which is known as Oneg Shabbat, that you're supposed to enjoy Shabbat. Part of the enjoyment is having good food. Um, there's an obligation. That's again, that's biblical. The concept is biblical to... to do things on Shabbat to make you enjoy Shabbat. What does the word oneg mean? Pleasure. Pleasure. Enjoyment, yeah. So you're supposed to do things which are pleasurable on Shabbat. Um, of course, one of those key things is food, good food. Okay, so good food is a, is a, is a very important aspect of Shabbat. Um, so now the question is, let's say there's no medical reason, I just want to lose weight, you know, I'm on a diet, can I so to speak, when I go torture myself on Shabbat by not eating foods I like. If I like, you know, croissant, chocolate chip cookies. So so am I allowed to even not to say I'm going to be on a diet on Shabbat? Maybe you can't diet on Shabbat. That's the question. Can you have sex instead? Well, you're supposed to, to do both. both. You, have, yeah. you have to do both? Yeah, yeah you're supposed you to do both. you have enough sex, you burn off enough calories to eat the chocolate so chip cookies. You can have mm-hmm. a cookie and have sex. That's right. No, I'm saying the, the again the mitzvah is to do um, everything that's pleasurable, as whatever whatever it is in the permitted in the permitted criteria. Okay, so so that's so that's the what I wanted to say. So the first, like we say, the first thing is um, the issue is um, this mitzvah of of um, having kiddush b'makom suda. First, it says here, um, this is... So you're not going to get the pas- Pesach, where it's even more so when you're required to eat Well, matzah. Pesach we addressed last year. Okay. We did all that last year, the gluten-free matzah. I don't remember. 
Jag har kvar för mig. Jag remember. We'll, 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 we'll address it a little, maybe. We'll come back to it a little bit. So it says, the first paragraph here, it's in the Shulchan Aruch, taken from the Code of Jewish Law. It says, it's referring to Kiddush here. And it says, um, the Kiddush has to be, as we mentioned, b'makom suda. This is this ruling from the Gaonim. Um, and it says the suda that means suda means a meal. It has to be done with bread. Okay, the yeshomrim Others, other opinions say that uh, it doesn't have to be specifically with bread. It could be with any food items that are made of any of the five grains. Which the five grains are wheat, barley, spelt, oat, and rye. Oats and rye. Okay, those are the five grains. Rice is not, so rice cakes wouldn't work for this. A rice is not considered a grain in halacha, it's actually questionable. Um, but it's the five grains, are specific five grains, as the Torah mentions, that are grown, that are grown in Israel, etc. Okay, so again, wheat, barley, spelt, oats, and rye are the five grains. That's why we spoke about last year, can you fulfill, can fulfill, according to most opinions, your matzah with oat matzah or spelt, those are people who are gluten-free, do they do make oat and spelt shmura matzah? Um, okay, and that is available on the market. I don't know about in Houston, but you can't get it online. It's like 40 bucks a pound or something. <laughs> Only two places to make it in the world. Um, so, uh, so, so again, this is one opinion. Not everyone agrees, but some say so. Cake. So again, having cake cookies at a kiddush would suffice to make kiddush makom suda, and that is the custom today. Most places do eat, as long as you have, meaning if you're just having, let's say, herring, the Kiddush, you haven't fulfilled Kiddush. Okay, or you have to have something, at least a kazayat of five grains, in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Kiddush. Mitzvah Lizari says, oh sorry, first paragraph, Ava Peros, meaning not with fruit, so if you're just having the fruit platter, and you're not having any grains, then you haven't, we're still in the first paragraph, you have not fulfilled the mitzvah. And there is another opinion that says, You can't even do it with fruit. We don't rule like that opinion. He says, really, the, the main opinion says, Cairo is the first opinion, which says you have to do with bread, literally bread. Okay, and there are those from me at Kiddush's who will only wash, meaning my, my Rosh Hashiva would not eat at a Kiddush unless he actually had bread. Oh, if it was a Kiddush and Shul, he made sure there were rolls or matzah there that he would wash. Otherwise, he wouldn't eat, because, again, you haven't fulfilled your mitzvah of Kiddush. You have to do it with bread. Unless you're extremely full, if you're, you know, you're already full for whatever reason, so then there might be a leniency. Or, he says, and the Ramah throws in here in the little letters, um, in a place where it's impossible for you to eat bread. You're not allowed to eat bread. And his example is Kigom Be'er of Pesach Shechaliot B'Shabbat. So meaning, uh, this doesn't, not this year, Pesach is Monday night, the first Seder, but if the first Seder is on a Saturday night, so then, first of all, uh, it's sometimes impossible because your wife won't let you bring chametz in the house. So so then, so that's the question, what do you do? When you make Kiddush, you don't have, your house is already clean for Pesach, or a case like that where you don't have any chal, there's no chal left in the city. So how do you fulfill your Kiddush? Um, so he said, in a case like that, there could be a leniency where you can do it with other things besides bread. But uh, again, the halacha is 
um, very clearly with bread. Um, so your synagogue on uh, Shabbat, what do they make Kiddush or challah or? Oh, cake. Uh, cake. Uh, yeah. How about you, us? Cake. Some cookies. Um, hmm. Well, Kiddush Club makes it over chips of some sort. Oh, they have to have some. Even but they know that. Even the Kiddush Club knows you have to have some mizonos. Some form of grain. Yeah, yeah. well, we do. I mean, mizonos. Yes, that's yeah, not chips. Yeah. Chips no, is, a, is not mizonos. No. Grain, something made out of grain. Yeah, not potato chips. I mean... Oh, like pizza chips. Pizza chips and whatever. We don't have a loaf yeah. of bread there. Right. Uh, but that's just kidding. At the Kiddush itself... They always have cake at the Kiddush. Always going to have cake. There's always cake. Yeah, I've never cake. been to a Kiddush. They do challah, Beth Yashon. What do they do here? What, what, what have a Shabbat Kiddush here in Shul. What do they have? On Saturday or on Friday? It's Saturday. You got to have Saturday bread. Saturday we have Hala. lunch. Challah and everything. That's the ideal way to do it. Wine and challah and... But the, the, the thing is that put everyone has to partake in the chal. They don't know. That. I mean, uh, it's not enough that the rabbi just gets up and says right. a mozi. It has to be that everyone takes some of the chal yeah. or, or cake or whatever. We, take, we, we have a tray and we go around and everybody takes a piece of challah and they take either wine or so now juice and they say the prayer over their hands. I go around the tray and most people refuse to take the challah. And then we go in and have lunch. Yeah. Oh, so that, yeah, okay. So anyway, so so the truth is the way she's describing that's the ideal way because you no, know, you have to have a chal. You no, know, the kiddush is done in a different room in the in the sanctuary. No, the kitchen done in the multi-purpose room. And where's and lunch? The social hall is where the food is. The right, but I'm saying, but you're giving the chal out where the kiddush same room is in the multi-social. No, no, different room, no, which is fine room. because as long as they're having the chal in the place where kiddush is, that's what they're supposed to do. Meaning, if they would make kiddush and then go into the social hall, whatever it is, multi, then it would be a problem. It wouldn't work. Because you have to have a kiddush b'makom suda. So the way Bishalom is doing is ideal. I thought she said it in separate rooms. The no, meal. the lunch is in a different room, but they give out the challah ah. immediately after kiddush. And yeah, they go out of the sanctuary into the multi-purpose room, and we say the kiddush with the challah. With the challah. So that's the, the right line. way. See? Beth Yashar is doing it the right way, too, quite by accident, I'm sure, but... Okay. Um, so that's actually better than the U.S., and most intellectuals just have cake, which is only the second opinion here. But the ideal opinion would be with bread. So the way we're doing it in, in my shul and U.S. is less ideal than the Beth Yashar. <laughs> it has to be stale. It's the only kind we have in Beth It's for the birds. <laughs> okay, so now the question becomes, so again, I'm gluten-free... I can't eat my challah. I don't want my grains. There's no uh, gluten-free grains in this in the shul. So <coughs> how do you fulfill your kiddush? So there is um, the first opinion. The first thing to know is if you're carb-free, um, you can't. Sorry, well not if you're carb-free. If you don't want gluten specifically, you can fulfill it by drinking what's called a raviyat of wine. Meaning, let's say you drink enough wine. Um, a raviyat is approximately different opinions, but let's say somewhere between 3.5 ounces to 5.2 ounces of wine. That's so funny. Why is it funny? What? Well, you drank that much wine. Approximately. 
Five, five ounces of wine doesn't make anyone. Maybe you. I don't know. Most people it's, have. It's all relative. Yes. Riviet it wouldn't is, have when I was 20. Riviet is a quarter. It's a quart. Quarter. A quart, well, of course, a quarter. Quarter of a lug. There's a, there's a measurement called a lug, which I have no idea how much that is. Ancient measurement. So revia means a quarter of a lug. Okay, a so lug. That's the name of the measurement. I don't know how much that is. So the point is, if you have a quarter of a lug, that's sufficient. Revia and according to some opinions, you can fulfill your obligation. So whether even if it's grape juice, if you're making kiddush on grape juice, the same would work. So that would be one way. The problem is if you're if you're on a no-carb diet, that's not going to help you because they're carbs. It's considered carbs, right? Um, wine is considered the sugar. It's considered carbs, so that's not going to help you in that situation. Okay, so... the scotch work? Would that work for Pesach? A good question. I don't think so. Scotch works for Kiddush, if only if you have a share. By the way, the way people make today on the shot glass of kid for Kiddush really is a... It's a very big leniency. Not everyone agrees, and most people don't agree. My father used to make Kiddush on a cup of becher, full Kiddush cup of scotch. Oh, that's what we do. And yeah. then we share it. Yeah, so it has to be drinking. You have to drink more than Rove Coast. It means the majority of the cup has to be drinking. Well, you're, about you're, about to, yeah. we do. Okay. you're about to change the custom everywhere. People are going to start. My <laughs> father would drink it himself. So oh. The <laughs> we had very <laughs> we, short we, Shabbat we, meals in my house. Very it's quick. Scotch? Scotchism? Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, as long as it's fine. It's what's called Hamar Medina. The drink of the land is, is also <laughs> works. Not ideally. Ideally, it should be a wine. Not ideally, if you if you don't have wine or you like scotch, so you can make it on scotch or vodka or beer for that matter. But you can't say Puri Priyagafa. Yeah, you say Shakal, but you're saying Kiddush. Yes, sir. On Pesach. Would this work for, I have a friend who doesn't eat uh, Would that work if she drank a glass of wine? It will work for Kiddush, as far as Kiddush is concerned. It won't help you for your mitzvah to eat matzah. You have an obligation to eat matzah. So that's a separate issue, which we discussed last. Yeah. spelt matzah on Amazon. How much is it? $26.76 oh, for a package for 11 ounces, pack of four. Twenty-six. Oh, not even a not even a pen. Strites. Is that in Turkish lira? It's Pesach matzah or all year? Uh, I didn't look. They have Pesach too. Pesach is Pesach matzah. They have pe uh, That's not the handmade stuff. That's not the good stuff. Strites. Gotta look at the handmade. I don't see that on there. They have four different kinds of matzah and then they have yeast. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, what, what about grape juice? So grape juice also, I mean, again, it's not ideal. Ideally, you should have alcoholic beverage, but I'm saying for those who can. Grape juice is not ideal, but it's... it's Why does it have to be alcoholic? Yeah. Joy or for... Yeah, I'm saying it's part of the mitzvah is, it's it's what's called, besides the oneg, it's also, it's a, uh, I don't know how to translate the word, chashuv. Uh, how would you translate chashuv? Chashuv means uh, an important drink you'd serve socially in a social setting. You don't so serve grape juice drink. in a social setting. What? It's not your ordinary drink, or it is your ordinary well, drink? Meaning, meaning it's not a social, you know, someone comes over and you say, okay, let's have some grape juice together. You know, you go out <laughs> for a bar, you don't order grape juice. But it's something that you drink in a social setting is considered, you know, that's why you make it. So beer? Yeah, so beer technically would work. Again, it's not ideal. Ideal is wine. It's not guffin, as you said. 
wouldn't work no. on Pesach. Beer would not work on Pesach. Oh, yes. Um, so, so the question is: So, if someone's carb-free, what do you do? And white wine is just as good as red. Yeah. Again, there's Kabbalistic as there's something about red wine. We like it better, but yeah. it's not halachic. I'm saying. Ideally, no. It's meaning it's also red wine was considered better wine in those days, at least. And therefore, you're supposed to do it on the most ideal, you know, best wine. So therefore, red is uh, like also for the seder. The seder is another reason you're supposed to use red for the four cups is because blood and whatever. All to ruin the tablecloths. Can you just eat a couple of grapes instead of drinking the wine? No, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. <laughs> well, we're gonna get to that. Well, that's the question. Well, so if someone's carb-free, okay. So if someone doesn't have bread or wine. Um, what happens? So let's say you're stuck in a hotel. This has happened uh, many times. If you're stuck somewhere in a hotel and you can't get kosher wine, there's no, and also there's no bread, whatever the case is. So in certain cases, you're absolved from Kiddush. You don't have to make Kiddush. Um, obviously, you can't, there's nothing to make Kiddush on. Okay. Um, so the question is can you make on other items if you, if you don't have bread or wine? There are some opinions, but Moshe Feinstein strongly disagrees. He says that uh, that uh, you cannot make kiddush on anything besides, as we discussed, besides the wine and those things that um, you can't make kiddush. But so that's so uh, meaning. So again, if someone is is gluten free, the the simplest solution would be for kiddush to get out of this problem of kiddush. Makom Suda, we're saying you have to have the five grains, would be to make kiddush. And not, and then just drink, like we're saying, five five ounces of wine, five point two ounces. That would be the easiest solution. <laughs> you don't like that solution. <laughs> the, the, the default is have more wine. <laughs> Why does that? No, because it knows meaning. It's considered. They're both made. No, because because over there it's a biblical commandment. The Torah says clearly you need to eat matzah, so you can't substitute with. This is rabbinical stuff. So the rabbis, you can move things around. But uh, the Torah says you got to eat matzah on Pesach on the Seder night. That's a biblical obligation. So there's no way around it. Again, if as long as it's part one of the five grains, you're good. So supposedly spelt and oats do not have gluten. Although today many oats do have gluten because they're grown near wheat, etc. So you have to make sure. Now it's normal oats, I think, grown by themselves wouldn't have gluten. But for some reason, they, they're always growing so, near wheat. And so it's more or shmore. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what it is. A special, it's a special old matzah that has to be not where they remove the gluten. I don't know exactly. There are places in the world that they make sure their oat farms right, are, are not near are wheat. Not next yes. to, and they do certify yes, yes. that these are gluten free. Yeah. Um, okay, so now, so as long as you drink your Revit and technically that works. Now, if you're avoiding carbs, I'm not sure what the solution would be. Um, in well, that if case, you're an alcoholic or reformed alcoholic, so then you got grape juice, grape juice, and then, then you got the grape juice. Yeah, I mean, you can do grape juice, grape juice is done, it's just again, it's not it's the ideal. Oh, not ideal, but it's, it is done. That's so what you get a mitzvah with an asterisk or what. <laughs> Um, so again, there are opinions that say, um, so now let's say someone, uh, there is an opinion that I saw, it's quoted from the Chazanesh, that let's say someone 
doesn't eat, can't eat any carbs, carb-free totally. Um, so for them, let's say all they're eating is vegetables. So vegetables for them is their meal. But the question is, we have this concept called again, Kiddush Makom Suda. You have to have where you're having your meal. So if my whole meal is vegetables, that's all I eat, okay, is vegetables, so then maybe that's considered my meal. And then you can fulfill your Kiddush. So there is the Chazanesh, supposedly someone calls the Chazanesh. Uh, lived in the 30s, up to, he died in the 50s in Israel. One of the biggest rabbis there at the time, he says that if that's your whole meal, all you're eating is vegetables, so then that is your meal. For you, that's your meal. So then, technically, he says you can fulfill Kiddush. With that, again, it's, it would seem Ramosh fine. He seems to disagree with that. Okay, so now, what about... So let's be clear. Really, to eat bread on a Shabbat for your meal, you need a, what, a chazayat, that's it? That's not much bread. Yeah, it's not. So even if you're so gluten-free, certainly if you're carb-free, right, so yeah, certainly if it's not going to kill you. Yeah, if it's not going to kill you, that's what uh, this guy says here. And I was meaning you... Just because you're normally gluten-free, but if it's not gonna, you know, if having a little gluten is not gonna harm you, then then you're, you're still obligated to eat it. If you're someone who, you know, goes into shock from having a little gluten, so then... That doesn't exist. Really? Okay, I don't know enough about it. Uh, let me see. Let me quote it here. You're right, if, if you a little... Um, all you need is a kazayat. That's what I'm saying. What's a kazayat? Kazayat is in the volume of an olive. Olive size. But, uh, I know you can get really small olives. Right, but I'm saying it seems like the olives in those days were much larger. Um, okay, now as far as, so just, I want to get to the end part, to the diet part. So, so as far as, now the next issue is, like we're saying, there's an obligation to have three meals. Irrelevant to Kiddush, an obligation to have three meals. And in those three meals, as we see, Shulchan Aruch says there's an obligation to have what's called Lechem Mishnah, which means you make the blessing of a mozi over two loaves of bread. That's all, hence the two chalas, that's known as Lechem Mishnah. Okay. <coughs> so, which by the way, this is only on Shabbat. People, it's interesting as a, in my relationship with the cashless industry, so many times I've been to, or I'm sure many of you have too, when you go to Jewish events in the city during the week, uh, like the ADL people, uh, you know, these liberal Jewish events where they are clueless about Judaism, so they have two challahs, <laughs> they make a motzi, which is ludicrous. It's nothing to do with Judaism. They just don't know anything about it, so they make a motzi over a challah, and ceremonial motzi, they've many times have been honored as a rabbi to make the <laughs> blessing, which is really is totally ludicrous. Not only that, it's even... Uh, scarier is they're paying, I know because I've seen the BEOs from the hotels, they pay something like $130 for three brothers to make the challah for them to have this huge ceremonial challah, which is nothing to do with Judaism. I mean, it's only on Shabbat that we're obligated to make hamotzi over the two, the two loaves of bread. So they're paying something like 75 bucks to challah um, because the three brothers charges a lot and the hotel jacked up the price to do something which has nothing to do with Judaism. Is it so. still stale? <laughs> <laughs> Depends so. upon who's sponsoring the event. What's that? Depends upon who's sponsoring the event. So there's, again, there's no... There's Hadassah, no... Hadassah, it's not because Janice takes the care of us. <laughs> there's no obligation to take... Uh, to make a multi-day in the week at any point in time. 
Okay, especially now with two loaves of bread. Yeah, you're not obligated to eat bread. Yeah, yeah. especially, I'm saying there's nothing to it. There's nothing, they, they're just, they think anytime you start a meal, Jewish meal, you're supposed to make a month. Well, obviously, so if you're going to eat bread, you have to make a month, but yes, you're not yes. obligated to eat bread. Right, no, but I'm saying that they have the two, sometimes they have no, the two loaves. No, I understand. That's only on Shabbat, specifically on Shabbat, right. to commemorate the manna. And again, two the days. manna fell as once on Friday for two, two portions, two days. So we commemorate the manna with two loaves of bread. So you don't need the bread to begin with, and you don't yeah. need two loaves. Right, and you surely shouldn't be paying a hundred dollars or a half <laughs> or more. Um, I think you should tell them. They think it's all going to the mashkia. <laughs> of course, we get the blame. Um, I told them I, I actually taught the hotels that they can make more. They just. If you don't buy it in Three Brothers, you buy the package stuff and take it out of the wrapper and you could charge the same hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're paying two seventy-five. Okay, so so the so the Shulchan Aruch goes on to say like this uh, paragraph two. It says Shabbat. Um, we we'll read in the English Shabbat one in the evening, one in the morning, and one in the afternoon. You should have three meals. One in the uh, sorry, I skipped. Person is obligated to eat three meals on Shabbat. One in the evening, one in the morning, and one in the afternoon. And you must be careful with these three meals to not lessen from them at all. And even a poor person who is supported by charity must eat three meals. No excuses. you got to have three meals on Shabbat. And if he is sick for an abundance of eating, I never met a Jew. <laughs> or he is constantly fasting, he is exempt from three meals. Um, and is required to establish each meal on the three on, of the three on wine and to break bread on two loaves. So too on holidays. Okay, so so it's very clear that there is this concept of having three meals. Again, a meal is defined by bread, and specifically, we're saying you break the, you break bread on two loaves, which is known as lechem um, for all three meals. You're supposed to have it. So, what is six loaves of challah? Well, you don't because you don't have to break. You only have to break one. Oh. So you really only need four, and then you're good. Right. Yeah. You're only breaking three. You're supposed to have whole. I mean, right. it's a separate issue, which is supposed to be whole when you break them. But if you're stuck, you can use the steel one. Yeah, <laughs> or you take one out of the freezer and Don't put it back in. Stone. <laughs> you have hey, one in the freezer. Yeah, you have one backup in the freezer. You always have backup. <laughs> so the point is, so so uh, again, what is someone to do? So it's, it would seem from this halacha, what if someone is gluten free? So it says if you're if you're sick, it says it says that specifically. The shulchan says Kara saying. If you, um, one is sick, in this case from abundance of eating, or um, he's constantly fasting, so I'm not sure what that means, because usually it's prohibited to fast in Shabbat, we'll see. Um, so it seems, sounds like there is an exemption here. So it would seem like the same would apply to someone who, again, if you're gluten-free, we can just have a little piece, that's fine. You have a kazayat, you're good to go. But if for some reason you, or you're not, you're completely carb-free, you're gluten-free, you can't eat anything, so then it would seem like there you are exempt from doing it here, no difference than before. Um, so does this come up as a practical matter in your shul or in UOS or anywhere where people say, no, I can't have challah, I'm gluten-free. Does this come up as a practical matter? Yes. Yeah, it comes up not only gluten-free. First of all, today there's all kinds of crazies so gluten-free for no reason whatsoever. But you also have, besides, they're not really sick, they're just... People think gluten-free is healthy, yeah. yeah. Number two is it's becoming an industry, I mean, massive industry in the U.S. of gluten-free. I know just going into, into factories, gluten-free. I mean, I've, I've visited true. factories, totally gluten-free, I mean, everything. Gluten, gluten intolerance has become a fad. 
Right. So no, it's nothing to do with health. People think it's healthier. It's I'm saying does it show up in shul on Shabbos? Of course it does. No, some, there are people, there are many diets today or a carb-free diet. So forget about gluten. No, it's carb-free. So what this becomes an issue. What constitutes eating? You have to swallow it. So <laughs> you chew it and spit it's a good it question. It's a very good question, actually. We've discussed that many times in the past. It's relevant to Yom Kippur. It sounds like a funny question, but the Talmud does discuss that. What is, when you uh, eat something, even for non-kosher, is it hanas grono? That means, is it the pleasure of the palate that's considered eating, or is it the pleasure of the, of, of maya, of your stomach? What's, what is the definition of eating? A palate or a stomach? So it's a very good question. And it's discussed in uh, Talmud extensively. Discusses uh, relevant to... choke and puke. <laughs> it actually is. It talks about what happens if you eat non-kosher, just chew it and spit it out. Or or what happens if you're, let's say, matzah, you're obligated to eat um, kazayat or kebel, let's say Yom Kippur. Let's say I'm obligated. The only way I violate Yom Kippur by eating is by having, it's called a kebel, the actually the size of a fat date is violation of Yom Kippur. Anything less than that is not biblically prohibited. So what happens if I eat a chatzin grogris, the Talmud talks about, I ate half a fat date, and I regurgitated it, then ate it again, same half, the same same amount, same thing. So did I violate Yom Kippur or not? Because if it's pleasure of the palate, I had the pleasure of the palate twice. Debatable. <laughs> if it's the pleasure of the stomach, so then I only had a half a, a, half a fat date. So it is a valid question. Not for today. Quick <laughs> This is also Machloka, what do you think? You this is past the teeth argument where we talk about past the teeth. Oh, that's Shabbat. That's what's considered internal. This is a different question. What, okay. what definition of eating? Eating non-kosher. Is it getting pleasure in the palate and then say I don't swallow it? Did I violate eating non-kosher? Or is it specifically pleasure what, well, of the feeling full? Shabbat and I'm gluten-free uh, I fulfilled the mitzvah by chewing the bread and spitting it out. Right, right. that would be the question. On the one hand. Oh, well, uh, I can't imagine that would be an enjoyable. <laughs> uh, Certainly not for those around you. <laughs> so, so if you look at the last halacha here, it says like this, it says, um, this is again, Shachan Aruch, a different chapter, he says, Yeshomrim, for those that say, Sh'adam shemazik lo achila, Someone who the food damages them, hurts them, um, in some way. Does uh, this is number three? Does oneg hu shalolecha? For him, it's pleasurable not to eat lo yochal. So this is a very important principle here. What the Shulchan Aruch is saying here is the goal is to have pleasure in Shabbat. That's the goal. We we want you to eat. We want you to eat the things you like: meat, bread. So if the bread, if eating, is not pleasurable for you for whatever reason. So then you're exempt, he says, Lo yechol. better you don't eat, because for you, it's pleasurable not to eat. That's what That implies that the reason you're eating bread is strictly to give you pleasure. Again, yes, that is the goal. The understanding is, at least in those days, bread was a staple part of the meal. That was, a meal without bread is not a meal, as your mother used but to say. is that for pleasure? Because that's what defines say. a meal. It defines a meal, meaning it's both. Well, there's two parts to this. One second, let me, let me be clear. The first question we had was as far as there's an obligation to have a kiddush in the, in the place where you're having your meal. So that is just the definition of meal. Then there's part two, which is you're supposed to do it over two loaves of bread. That's part of owning Shabbat. Not part of the meal. Right. Meaning that's not necessarily the definition of a meal. That's more of it's the 
we obligated you to eat a meal on Shabbat, three meals on Shabbat, because we want you to have pleasure. Without assumption is, a meal. Yeah, this, no, but the definition of a meal is bread. Again, the definition of a meal in halacha is having bread at the meal. Because if you're not washing, meaning if you're just, you're, again, you could have, be a glutton and have steak and whatever, that's not a meal in halacha. Oh. It's like your mother said, without bread, it's not a meal. Right, but I'm... I, you so know, meaning, so now, no. So therefore, but the what's bread. the reason? What's the caffeine? What's the reason behind why we obligated you to have three meals? Is because of the concept of owning Shabbat. We want you to enjoy Shabbat. So now, again, if if so, pleasure is a very subjective concept, right? Ple- pleasure is very subjective. Meaning, some people get pleasure from some things. Some people get pleasure from other things. So for you, most normal people get pleasure from meat, wine, and bread. That's the assumption. Therefore, that's the classical Shabbat meal. You should have those three things in your meal. Meat, wine, and bread. Those are, those are normal people. Today, we live in a crazy world. Okay, things have changed. People, there are people who bread is disgusting. Anything carb, disgusting. So what the Shulchan Aruch seems to be implying here, um, again, this was written 600 years ago before carb-free, gluten-free, but he's saying that if for you this is not pleasurable then don't eat it's, it's sort of the same thing as a vegetarian someone's vegetarian meat disgusts them so the norm, normal most healthy normal human beings get pleasure from meat and wine okay but today we live in a, in a topsy-turvy world so many people meat disgusts them so therefore for them it's not it's not pleasurable to eat meat so then what we're saying is so therefore they have to f- if, if for them uh, you know Brussels sprouts gives them pleasure so that's floats the boat. So they ob- should have Brussels sprouts on Shabbat or on the holidays. Meaning that's what floats the boat. You're not obligated to eat meat, aren't you? Obligated to well, have on, bread. Well, on the Chag, meaning it's interesting, we're not getting there. But on the holidays, there is an obligation. You're supposed to have meat and wine at every meal on the holidays, not on Shabbat. Rabbi- so I'm it's sure a it's rabbinical. Level. Yeah. Well, well, no. The concept of being joyous in the holidays is a biblical obligation. Again, we're we're plugging in a a well they thought was an objective way to make yourself joyous, which is meat and wine. Um, but since it, in today it's very subjective, not everyone gets happy from meat and wine, so therefore you eat, in other words, you, most of the authorities talk about that you eat what brings you pleasure. Was well, bread in the same category as meat and wine, or is it separate from... It would seem like that, yes. Seem like it seems like that, meaning having a meal, breaking bread, is a requisite for having a meal. That was, that yeah, that's why I think it's, it, the pleasure part doesn't really apply strictly to bread. I can see where you say, okay, you have a, you're exempt because it doesn't give you pleasure for or medically adverse, but you're not free from the obligation because it doesn't give you. Yeah, but I'm saying again, if that's the reason behind it is for pleasure purposes, so then that's what we're saying. If 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 you don't want to eat, he's saying, let's say eating itself is disgusts you, can't eat. So we're saying then you're seems to imply you're exempt from eating because that's your pleasure is not eating. Meaning you have to pleasure is subjective, says the Shachanarch, and therefore if you, if it, if if eating will disgust you today on Shabbat, then you're exempt from eating. Yes. So you should say there, there are parts of the world where yeah, that's what I'm getting. Bread, so you shouldn't say kiddush. You're exempt from kiddush or what? They're basic. Now what? It's bread is, bread stable. is not the stable of life. There are parts of the world that rice would be, or some other okay. starch. 
uh, and I'm sure there were Jews going way, way back, and they certainly did not make bre bread. Yeah, but rice days. cakes are considered bread and so. No, they're not. They're not. No, they're not. no, rice is not the grain. It's not one of the five grains. Bread. It is not. It's not considered rice. one of the five grains. It's gluten. Okay. But there are many parts of the world that, like we eat right. for right. because or it's a staple. But in many parts of the world, they don't eat bread. Is not part of their meal. Instead, so I think and, maybe and that's what he's saying. Way, way I, I don't think it seems in ancient bread. times it was it wasn't like that. Meaning, oh, ancient times I don't. No, think they every had bread. bread was a major staple. Maybe in the Far East, in the Far I'm East, rice is something else. There's not many Jews. Mexico, Far East. Um, weren't Jews in Mexico? They don't have grain. These rules were written by. Uh, and I'm saying, uh, what did the people what, in Europe choose? Yeah. Well, no, it's from the time. Three meals are from the time. No, the Middle East. The Middle East uh, bread was always a staple. The Middle East, but yes. there are... Yeah. Again, so I don't think there was communities at the time, but the China point is it's a valid point, so I think that's what he's saying here. If it displa meaning if it's a displeasure to eat it, then you're exempt. The fact that it wasn't a staple, staple is not the point here. The point but is not whether it's a staple or so not. They wouldn't know if it was of course they taste it. They had a concept of bread. Every culture has a concept of bread. It might not be a staple, but they have a concept. That's been around since yeah. Egypt. I'm time. saying, yeah, I'm saying, I'm, of course. Not, not been there is, without question. But so, that would be something to research, because I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's saying it's irrelevant. It's not an issue of whether it's a staple or not. The issue is whether it's pleasurable or not. That's oh, the only issue. What about so it could be that it's not a staple, but they enjoy it. So if they enjoy it, then they then should. But what about Russ's question? Are you then exempt from saying Kiddush, from making Kiddush? So again, according to... Well, if you're not going to eat, you don't have to make Kiddush. But, uh, but if you're not going to eat anything. But if you're going to eat something, so that's the Chazanish says, if vegetables for you is your meal, so then you can make Kiddush on vegetables. You know, that's what he says. But again, it's not so simple. I want to get to the... So first of all, by the way, if you turn to the back... I'm running out of time. I want to get to the diet process. He, he talks about this is the Nishman of Ram. He's going on on this, the top part. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's in English. The back here. So the top part is the Shokhanar on the left side we just mentioned. The Gonim have written that uh, if one eats enough food or drinks enough wine to require Brachachrona, this is considered a large enough meal to recite Kiddush beforehand. He may then conclude his meal elsewhere, as we said. That's that halacha that you know. It's meaning once, which is what we're doing here in Brishalom, is they make kiddush there. They eat sufficient amount of challah, and then they go have their meal. For that's fine. You don't have to have the whole your whole meal. Once you have the sufficient requisite amount of grain, where you make kiddush, then you can move somewhere else. Okay. So now he says on the bottom, if he ate bread, so he discusses this issue of celiac. He says one who suffers from celiac sprue, a gastrointestinal disorder, is forbidden. You see it? See there on the bottom left column on the bottom. It's forbidden to eat foods containing gluten, such as bread made from wheat flour. He may suffer from severe diarrhea, gastrointestinal discomfort, if he eats a product containing gluten. Allahad which follow are subject to the consent of the patient specialist who knows his cases best. Of course, you always got to ask the doctor first before you go to the rabbi. But, um, nice but that being said, this is what the rabbi says. I only wish to provide broad guidelines. A gastrointestinal uh, should be consulted in every case. If the patient's condition is so severe that he's unable to tolerate even the slightest amount of bread made from wheat flour without a severe 
life-threatening exacerbation ensuing, is what I was mentioning before. He is halachically forbidden to eat such a product. Shabbat or Yantav, he should recite Kiddush and drink a revere of wine in addition to the Mali Lugmav, which is, he, he puts it here in cc's, 86 cc's. How much is that in ounces? It's 30 cc's per ounce. So. It's a little less than 3 ounces. That doesn't make sense, but okay. It sounds a little to me. In addition to the Mali Lugmav, which means when you drink the wine, when you make Kiddush, you have to have, Mali Lugmav means a full cheek, a cheek full. Malay means full. Lugmav is your cheek. Which he drinks after completing Kiddush. If, however, he can he can tolerate a small amount of products containing gluten without exacerbating his condition, and he occasionally does eat such products even without the approval of his doctor. He should act as follows: It is preferable, given the choice, that he use oat bread or oat cakes. However, if such products are not available, he should eat kazayit of bread made from wheat flour at the Shabbat night and morning meals. Um, if he will only eat a kazayit of bread, he must wash his hands without reciting the blessing of volunteer to die. So, if that's all you're eating, interestingly enough, you don't. Don't make a blessing on the washing, because you're not having a full meal. Um, he goes on to say, one may eat matzah made from any of the five different types of grain, which includes oats, in order to fulfill his obligation to eat matzah during the Seder. Therefore, if one suffers from celiac sprue, but not to the extent of having life-threatening reactions to gluten, he should attempt to obtain matzah on the right page, made from oat flour. If he is able to obtain such matzah, he should, if his physician permits, permits eat the five gazetim. That means really... Uh, as for the frummies, you're supposed to have five kezaises on Seder night of matzah. Because you, you have the two in the beginning, which is from Motsi Matzah, two, two kezaises in the beginning, and from each matzah, it's a long story, and then the afikomen is another ke- two kezaises. So <laughs> turns, it's a total of five volumes of an olive. Um, if his physician permits, eat the five kezaises of matzah required by Allah during the Seder. If he's unable to obtain oat flour matzah, and knows that he cannot tolerate even the slightest amount of gluten products without aggravating his condition, he's forbidden to eat matzah. However, if he knows from experience that he can tolerate a small amount of gluten without exasperating his condition, he should act as follows. He should not eat any matzah during the entire meal. At the end of the meal, he should wash his hands without reciting a blessing, say the blessing of a moti menaretz and al-chil matzah, and then eat a kezayit of normal matzah as the afikomen. So doing, it fulfills the Torah obligation to eat matzah at the Seder. Because as far as the Torah is concerned, you just have to have one kezayit, and you're done. Okay, so he's saying that's what he should do. Similarly, since one is obligated to eat bread in the sukkah, same thing would apply. So, you know, there's an, on the first night of Sukkot, it's the only night that there's an obligation to have a meal in the sukkah. Again, a meal is defined. So this is the working definition of meal that we have for all halacha is a one a kezayit of the five grains. So again, he would have to eat a kezayit of the five grains in the sukkah. Um, so he says the same thing if you only can have if you can tolerate it, etc., etc. Okay? So there you have it. It's the weight of the olive, not the volume. No, it's the volume. It's the volume, but how do you measure the volume? It's a volume measurement. So, we only have a few minutes left. I wanted to go through quickly. This is some response, actually, about diets in Hebrew. Apologize for those who don't this. So this here is, um, first of all, it's an interesting thing. That I always heard this growing up, but thought it was ama- I never knew there was a source. You know, they like people who are dieting on Shabbat, so you'll hear people say, ah, whatever, anything you eat on Shabbat, you don't gain weight. You don't have to worry about it. No calories on Shabbat. 
I'm sure you that's heard not that. true. <laughs> so no, I'm not saying it's not. It also works on so your I birthday. found the source. For, okay. <laughs> so uh, the question is, so the the question being addressed in some of these responses is, is dieting on Shabbat prohibited? Because again, if the goal of Shabbat is having pleasure, and you're on a diet, you can't eat all the goodies, the kiddush, or at home. So is that going to be a halachic issue? Okay. Um, so there, there's uh, there's I mean the the question is really a greater question even during the week and maybe we'll maybe we'll push it off to next week because we're out of time but the the question is even even uh, during the week not on Shabbat as we discussed in the past there's a prohibition of of uh, of what we call it chavala uh, which means mutilating yourself or even pain causing yourself pain for no reason is prohibited in Jewish law. Okay, so if if I'm dieting for medical reasons, obviously it's not an issue. The doctor tells me, you know, I, I need to, uh, I can't eat X. So that's obviously a medical condition. I have to listen to the doctor. It becomes an obligation. But let's say I'm just dieting because I want to lose weight. I want to look better. Not for health reasons. If it's for health reasons, okay, maybe, maybe there's no problem. But if I'm just dieting purely because I want to look better, I want to fit into my suit for my wedding or for my kid's wedding, so is that permitted? You're, you're torturing yourself for no reason. So it could be dieting in halacha is problematic. So we'll address that next week. Many response I'm about that. <laughs> yeah, because that's a problem, because if you're eating to excess to begin with, or torturing yourself, as it were, abusing your body by eating to excess, and now you're dieting... No, well, that's prohibited also, eating to excess. But the question right. is, if I'm not, you know, I just, uh, today, as we know, we have a culture where you... If you you're can't be not, too thin. If you're not a size 3 dress size, you're, you're obese this in, the, in, America, in the fashion well, industry. This applies to women as well as men? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Only a plastic one. <laughs> um, I'll so say I never saw a guy saying I'm only, uh, you know, I'm aiming for a size four, you know, I'll introduce 23. You to a uh, okay. They call anorectics. Is, uh, so if people weren't torturing themselves, psychiatrists would be out of business. That's, what, that's how they make a living. <laughs> Thank you.